And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And some of you have been hearing all kinds of noise out there in the, the operating environment that there's a problem with real estate, and maybe, maybe this is not a good time for you to invest in real estate. Have you heard those conversations around the, the water cooler? Now, wh where do these conversations come from? Well, I think they come from people that are actively or at least think they're actively investing in something. And part of what they do is they look at what they're invested in and then they compare it to other things that they're not invested in. And they kind of do a compare and contrast. And, and one of the things that they will do is they will allow a false belief to enter into their mind about another realm of investing and allow that false belief to control their decision-making process. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the water cooler chatter that real estate is going down. Real estate is not a good option to buy right now. And here's what I've got to say. Wrong. Yeah, you heard me. That's it. Wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. What you're looking at is what is happening in, in certain markets across the United States. And these are markets that wound up getting themselves overvalued and partially because you had a lot of people migrating to these places that were driving prices up because when these people came from where they came from and they went to where they went to, they looked at the real estate and they went, dang, dude, I can buy this for 40 cents on the dollar compared to what I could have bought back home. So to them, it seems like real estate is, is on sale. It's like a fire sale and they're okay overpaying for it because they just want to get that real estate. Well, I will tell you that form of the real estate market, it's pretty much over. Yeah, that, that's what we call a hardcore seller's market. It's, it's, it's when you put a property on the market and you get at least a dozen people within 48 hours all competing to buy that property. And then those people will compete to drive that price up until finally only one is left. Yeah, and that's the person that buys the property. We're not seeing that kind of environment. What we are seeing now is still, in essence, a seller's market. Now, some of you would say, wait a minute, you know, Al, I heard Mark, Mike Harrison, I heard his show the other day, and, and he said something different. He said that we're in a buyer's market. Okay, Mike is right, and so am I. We were talking about different forms of real estate markets. Absolutely different. Mike was talking about what's going on in commercial real estate. He's talking about what's going on in multifamily apartment communities. And he's spot on. It is starting to morph into more of a buyer's market in that particular market. But the market I'm talking about is the single family market. This is the market where we, as investors, we compete with other people who want to buy those properties to live in. And there's a certain point where it makes no financial sense for us to invest in an asset that's going to cost us too much money. Remember, as real estate investors, we are doing this 
to change the outcome of our lives. We are doing this to get ourselves retired in a period of five years or less. We are doing this to create wealth, not only for ourselves, but for our families. So the point I want to make to you is that you need to do whatever the market does. And what does that mean? What the heck does that mean, Al? Okay, it means take what the market gives you. If the market is giving you something in particular, like let's say the market's giving you great cash flow, then organize your investments to where you're going to leverage that great cash flow and it's going to benefit you as a real estate investor. But what if the market isn't giving you great cash flow? And that's kind of what we're seeing right now. So what am I getting at? Okay, there's a standard that we operate in in Lifestyles Unlimited. There is. There's, there's, there's a way we organize the different ways we make money in real estate. Now, in the single family space, there's actually five different ways we make money in real estate. Now, I've addressed this on the show before, but if you're new to the show, let me just hit you with all five. The first one has to do with cash flow. That's the income that we receive from correctly investing in our assets, and we use that cash flow to offset our ordinary expenses of life. And when we've developed enough cash flow that it meets or exceeds our cost of living, we have, in essence, retired ourselves. That's right. We regain control of our life, and we're in a decision-making point. Do we stay with our job? Do we change jobs? Do we just stop working? It's a great decision point to have. And I want you to get to the point where you make that decision point. But there are four other ways we make money in real estate also. And you're thinking, wait a minute, I'm invested in the stock market. I'm only making money one way. Well, technically, there's a second way. If you do have stocks that pay dividends, you do receive the cash flow. But by the way, if that money's sitting in one of those 401ks or an IRA, all of that cash flow has to go back into that account. You're not allowed to use it to retire yourself, at least not right now. You have to just put the money back in the pot, so to speak. All right, so let's talk about those four other ways. There is natural appreciation. That's what goes on in the marketplace. We know that real estate tends to appreciate and double in value about every 20 years. Faster in some places, slower in other places, but 20 years seems to be the sweet spot. You get something called principal pay down because we put the right amount of leverage in in the form of a loan on our property. We pay down that mortgage balance every month when we make that mortgage payment. That, That adds to the equities that we have in the property. Now, another way that we make money in real estate has to do with the fact that we get significant tax benefits. I'm going to tell you that as a real estate investor, there is a very significant way you can make a ton of money. It has to do with something called equity capture. Equity capture is one of the five ways we make money in real estate in the single family space. This methodology allows us to go in and buy an asset at wholesale pricing, fix that asset up while still commanding wholesale pricing. So now, Let's take a step back and let's think this through. You've now bought a property. You own that property. This property has some issues that need to be attended to. So you're going to attend to all of these issues. You're going to make this property beautiful. Not so beautiful that it's better than anything else in the 
the neighborhood, but as beautiful as the nicest properties in the neighborhood. What you don't want to do is you don't want to overimprove this property, but you want to make it appealing. You want to make it very appealing to individuals that are looking for a very nice place to rent. Does that make sense? Okay, so you're going to fix this property up, and in doing so, you're going to stay at wholesale pricing. But when the property is all fixed up, it is going to command a retail price that will be higher than your total all-in cost. The difference between those two numbers, that, that maximum wholesale number that you got to, and the retail value that you have no influence over, that difference is the equity that you capture in the asset when you buy it. It's, it's that simple. So how do you do that? Well, you have to know what you're doing, first of all. I mean, let's just be real clear. Because if all of these concepts that I'm explaining to you sound very foreign, not a problem. Not a problem. What you need to do is educate yourself. And it's real simple. We at Lifestyles Unlimited, that's exactly what we do. We, we provide education for individuals like you that want to become successful real estate investors. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. I can't, I can't explain what Lifestyles Unlimited does any more succinctly than that. In, in literally a 16-hour period, we're going to transform you from knowing what you think you know about real estate to knowing exactly what you need to know about real estate. You'll come out of the 16-hour training knowing exactly how to capture equity in an asset. And for some of you, equity capture is, is a primary motivator for you when it comes to your investing strategy. Now, I think you need to have a balance of all five ways that we make money in real estate. But there are times when focusing on either, say, cash flow or focusing on equity capture makes more sense for your investing strategy. So let's talk about this equity capture. Let me just tell you what I've been seeing in the marketplace. Is, is that fair? I think that's fair because I think you should take what the market gives you. It's a lot easier than forcing the market to give you something that the market is not going to give you. You can't force the markets to do anything. You just have to be able to understand what the markets are doing and then react accordingly. So take a look at this. In the last segment, I mentioned that cash flows are being impacted by what's going on in the marketplace. Because of a, a rising of values, prices are going up in properties, and rents are going up also, but they're a little bit out of proportion. And what that is causing is a situation where cash flows are being compressed. In other words, a year ago, I would easily see with, with all the connections I've got with people that bring me real estate deals, I would see easily properties that I could buy that would produce $400 a month in cash flow day in, day out. It was easy. It was easy to find those deals. But sometimes those deals did not provide a lot of equity capture. As a matter of fact, the trade-off might be if I'm getting, say, $400 or $500 in cash flow off of an asset, maybe the equity capture wasn't that great. Maybe the equity capture was, say, 30% of what I put into the property. Now, that's still not bad. That's still not bad. But let me tell you what has happened over the course of a year. What I'm seeing now are cash flows being compressed. So I'm seeing a lot 
of properties coming out with my minimum cash flow number. You want to know what that is? Okay, $200. $200. When, when I'm looking at an asset, I want it to produce between $200 and $600 per month. Now, if it produces more, not a problem. Okay, but I have to understand why it's producing more. If it produces less, there has to be a very, very significant trade-off for me to go into an asset that's only going to produce $200 a month in cash flow off the bat. And, and the reason for that is I mandate that all of my investment assets will produce cash flow. See, I lived in California. I tried investing the California way where you just invest for natural appreciation. Yeah, you just buy a property and hope that property goes up in value. And then somewhere in the future, you just sell that property. There's there's no cash flow. There's no equity capture in, in that transaction. Yeah, you get principal pay down and you get market appreciation and you're going to get the tax benefits of real estate. Oh, wait a minute. Those won't really matter so much because you're not making any cash flow. So the depreciation will go towards maybe other forms of income in accordance with what the IRS will allow you to do. But that depreciation doesn't help the cash flow that that asset produces because that asset doesn't produce any cash flow. That's the California model. It's a terrible model. Let's do the lifestyles model where you make money five different ways. Okay, so here's what I'm seeing. I'm seeing, and, and I'll just tell you, I'll just give you a, a snapshot of the last 10 properties I looked at. And I looked at all 10 of these properties before I did the show today. It took me about, I don't know, one, two, three minutes to look at all 10 properties and determine what the trends were. And here's the trend. Cash flows, they're coming in compressed. I'm seeing stuff everywhere from about $170 up to about $240. So cash flows are being compressed. But in comparison, I'm also seeing that some of these assets are coming in with an ability for me to capture a lot of equity. In other words, I can get into this asset at a very good wholesale price, even though it's going to cost me a lot of money to rehabilitate this property. And I'm not scared of that. That does not bother me in one bit. Even though it's going to cost me a lot of money, that delta between where I'm fully all into that property and what that property is worth in today's market, that's all that equity I'm going to capture. And I'm seeing equity captures in the 70% range and up. You heard me correctly. 70% range and up. When we come back from the break, I'm going to tell you about one particular deal that will, well, it's a crazy number. It's a 215% return on capital. Yeah. When we come back from the break, I'll explain it. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. When you look at the effects of what happened in 2008 and you compare it to what we are hopefully coming out of right now, real estate has definitely shown its resiliency. It has provided for people not only a place to live, but a place to work, a place to raise their children, a place to teach their children, a place to prepare all of their meals. And that's really where the rubber meets the road, is that there are, are two things that people have to have, and they strive very hard to have them. And that's a roof over their head and food on the table. And if you are investing in something related to either of those two things, you are going to have a winning strategy. And in addition to that, you're providing something of value 
to the people around you. And creating a win-win situation while creating wealth and passive income for yourself is the best life you can get. Real estate is resilient. You should have real estate in your portfolio. Join us for the next live online free workshop. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Listening to Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show will change your life. Now, here's your host. Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and check this out. I'm going to talk to you about an asset that you could buy. Well, I don't know if you could buy this asset anymore because this particular asset, it actually came out over the weekend. So I'm, I'm pretty confident it's gone. Now, I, I had actually considered buying it, but then I took a step back and I went, you know what? I am doing something else with my investing strategy. So even though this looks like a, a sweetheart of a deal, I'm going to step back and I'm going to let another Lifestyles Unlimited member buy this property, even though this thing is just like screaming at me that this is a wonderful deal. Now, before we went to the break, I was explaining that equity capture is something that might be foreign to you. If, if you invest in real estate, if you invest using what I consider the California model or the New York model, where you go out and you pay a full retail price for an asset, you own and operate that property, you lose money every month because you weren't able to put enough money down in order to actually create cash flow, which actually creates another problem for you because then you would have something called dead equity in the asset, meaning you have way too much equity in the asset that's money that's not doing anything for you. It really isn't doing anything for you. So but I don't want to talk about the California or the New York methodology. I'm talking about what we do at Lifestyles Unlimited. And I'm talking about one of the five ways that we make money in real estate. And this particular way is a way for you to grab a lot of equity in an asset the day you buy it. So how do you do that? Well, you do it the way I explained earlier in the show. It's by buying property at wholesale pricing, improving the asset and keeping all of your costs for improvement to include acquisition at wholesale pricing. The property will be valued, and this is a market-driven value, not something you created. It's something the market created. The market will create a value for that property. When your all-in costs are less than the actual market value of that asset, you have captured equity in this property. And before we went to break, I was telling you that I've noticed a trend where there are a lot of properties that are coming across my desk that are indicating it's, it's, it's easy. It's like day in and day out to capture 70% equity in a lot of deals. But this one particular deal came across my desk over the weekend. Again, I'm, I'm confident it's gone, but we're going to use this as a, a teaching mechanism because I want you to understand the power of capturing this equity. By the way, when you capture equity in an asset, it's, it's a non-taxable event. Did you know that? It's a non-taxable event. Even though you're capturing equity, you're not going to pay taxes on that equity until you dispose of the property. How do you dispose of it? Well, you sell it, you trade it, you do something to make it transfer out of your name. Now, if you were to refinance the property to pull some of that equity out, that is considered a non-taxable event also. And here's why. 
The government doesn't care what you do when it comes to financing on an asset. They don't care if you're putting money into an asset. They don't care if you're pulling money out of an asset. They only care when you buy the asset and when you sell the asset, because that's when the government gets their cut of the deal. Yeah, the government always gets a cut of the deal. It's just the way it is. We got to pay for America. So suck it up and drive on, right? Okay, so let's talk about this deal. This particular property, it's a, it's a, well, it's a little bit smaller. It's almost 1,100 square feet. It's an older property. It was built in 1925. So this thing is almost 100 years old. So I want you to remember that you're buying an asset that was built almost 100 years ago. Keep in mind that building codes either didn't exist, or if they did exist, they, are, they were definitely not to the standard that they are today. So the original construction of this home was based on whatever standards were in place in the, the, the building environment, if you will, where this asset exists. And this asset just happens to exist in a little place called San Antonio, Texas, which, by the way, I believe is a really great market for you to make a lot of money in. So this particular asset, it's a two bedroom, one bath. You can buy this thing for they're asking $100,000 for it. That's what they're asking for the property. The property is not even worth $100,000 because I've seen pictures of this thing and this thing is in really bad shape which doesn't scare me. And here's why. The people that would buy this property are people like me. Yeah, people like me, investors, investors. Most people that are looking to buy a home to live in wouldn't buy this house because number one, they don't know how to buy it correctly. Number two, they probably don't have the available money to really fix it up the way they want it. And number three, they don't want to deal with the hassle. They don't want to deal with the house because I'm, I'm telling you, this particular asset is probably going to take my, my general contract. And again, if I were to buy it, it's going to take my general contractor to closer to three months to do all the work that needs to be done on this property. The other thing I want to point out to you is that even though this asset is almost 100 years of age, over time, people may have bought this property and performed whatever they thought were improvements on the property. Sometimes improvements made on the property benefit the property. Sometimes improvements made on the property don't benefit the property. Does that make sense? So you have to be able to understand what changes were made to the property. So if you walked into this asset and it had HVAC, chances are that HVAC didn't go in in the 1920s because I don't think HVAC was even invented back then. No, it didn't exist back then. It didn't come across our, our world until what, the 1950s, something like that. I know it was before I was born, but that's something to consider. So this, the point I'm trying to make is that this property may have been fixed up, rehabbed multiple times along the way. You just have to understand that going into the transaction. Now, this particular property, the roof's bad. It's bad. Foundation, bad. The HVAC that's in there, it's too old. It's bad. It doesn't even work. Says you're right in the listing. HVAC broken. Okay, so that's going to need to be fixed too. I'm looking at pictures of the interior and it is ugly. Is that a technical term? Ugly? Yeah, it is. It is ugly. It, it looks like a hoarder lived in this property and whoever whoever owned it either got the hoarder out or maybe it was the hoarder that is selling the property. This thing is trashed. It's in bad shape. And most people wouldn't want to buy it because it looks like a place that a homeless person might want to move into because at least it would give them some kind of shelter from the environment. Does that make sense? Okay. This property doesn't scare me though. And here's why. And this is what I love about this property. It's really worth about $80,000 on the current market. It's not worth the $100,000 that they're asking. And that's part of the reason this property was still on the market when it was brought to my attention. 
it's really worth closer to $80,000. So if, if the seller is willing to sell this property for $80,000, we're going to buy that property. And in doing so, we're going to renovate the property. Now, my, my calculation for renovation and all the, the closing and holding costs, you ready for this number? It's actually more than what we would pay to buy the property. Are you scared yet? For those of you just joining me, what we're talking about is something called equity capture. We're talking about how you can buy an asset. You can pay a certain price for the asset, which is a wholesale price. You can improve the property and the cost of doing all of those improvements to include your closing and holding costs are all calculated together. And when you add that cost to the cost of acquisition, you're still at a wholesale price. You compare that to what the market is willing to bear for the asset. In other words, what, what the market is telling you that that asset is worth in the current market. And the difference is capturing the deal. It's, it's actual wealth that goes to your bottom line. Now, it's, it's not spendable cash right now because you're going to have to do something to tap into it. You're either going to have to sell the asset, but you should not do that for at least a year and a day. If you sell this asset... For less than a year and a day, you're going to find that Uncle Sam has a, a nasty little tax plan waiting for you that's really going to bum out your returns. Let's just put it that way, okay? All right. So here's the deal that we were talking about. We could buy the asset for, well, they want 100000 for it. It's not even worth 100000 I I know for a fact that it's probably only worth about $80,000. So if I were to buy this property, I would actually insult the seller and I would come in $20,000 low. I would. But keep this in mind. If for some reason I had to go up in price, I have flexibility. I could buy the property for, let's say 80,000. It's going to cost 81,500 for me to do all the improvements for all my closing and holding costs over about a three month period. As a result, the total cost to hold it and improve it is $81,500. It's actually more than I was willing to pay for the asset. But now I'm into the asset for $161,500. The property is worth, in the current marketplace, it is worth $210,000. Meaning, when I buy this property, I will capture $48,500. The one thing I haven't told you is how much money do I have to reach into my pocket and pull out in order to get this transaction to occur? And the short answer is $22,500. I can buy this asset. I can renovate this asset. My total out-of-pocket expense, which is different than the entire cost of doing this thing, the amount of money I contribute is only $22,500. It's only about 11% of the total cost. You want to know how I did it for only 11%? Well, I used something called a hard money loan. A hard money loan isn't very hard at all. It's just, it's just a, a fixed period loan. It's an asset-based loan, and it is a loan made to real estate investors by specialized lenders that once they understand that you know exactly what you're doing, they're willing to lend you money to not only buy a property, but to do some, if not all, of the renovations on the property. So I use that money to buy the property, and I use that money to pay for a good portion of all of the repair costs. And then when that money runs out, then I have to tap into my own money, but I only have to tap into 22,500 of my own money, which keeps the rest of my money out of play. This money's gonna stay in this asset until I take it out. Now, the one thing that we do in real estate investing is we don't just take our money out right away. When I buy this asset, I'm gonna capture 
$48,500 in equity. Now, when we add all those numbers together, I will have a total of $71,000 in equity in this house. That is a really great place to be because now I've got $71,000 parked in this particular asset. This asset's going to pay me about $200 a month in cash flow. That's my bare minimum. So I'll have cash flow coming in. I will have already captured all that equity. Seventy-one. It only cost me $22,500 to create $71,500 worth of equity in this property. Notice I made this money right up front. Now, I didn't really buy this asset, but I will tell you, had I bought this asset, that's when you make the money. You make your money in real estate when you buy your assets. You receive your money when you dispose of the asset. This property is still going to produce over $2,000 a year for my family, and it will appreciate in value, even if it only goes up three and a half percent. My projections for this property is about $250,000 in, in year five, about a $40,000 appreciation. So that's an extra $40,000 of appreciation that I'm, I will receive on this property by doing absolutely nothing to this property. Ironically, at the end of five years, that mortgage will have paid down at least $9,000, which is another $9,000 of equity added onto this, this asset. Oh, yeah, there are tax benefits of the depreciation. Depreciation gives you something called a paper loss. It's not a physical loss. You didn't actually lose physical money. But what the IRS is saying is that your asset is wearing out. And as a result of that, they're willing to allow you to offset the income this property makes by the depreciation. So essentially, this property is going to throw off like $6,000 worth of depreciation every year. I'm only going to make about $2,000 on the property. So the money that I make on the property in cash flow, I'm not going to pay taxes on, and there'll still be about $4,000 left over that I can use to offset other income in accordance with IRS guidelines. I am not a tax attorney. I'm not a CPA. I don't pretend to be one on the radio. I'm just telling you what I, what I know. Again, I cite the disclaimer at the beginning of the show. Okay. So don't, don't look to me as your, your tax guy, because I am not a tax guy. The adjusted capital gains that I will make after time will be almost 92 thousand dollars in adjusted capital gains. What I mean by adjusted is I'm, I will go ahead and take out the costs of sale. Yeah, there are costs associated with sale. So what we're going to do is we're going to wind up putting 91,000, almost $92,000 into our household over a five-year period. Well, what that does for you is that gives you a 306%, almost 307% return on investment over a five-year period. This is a beautiful thing. Now, one of the other things that this property will do for you is because you have captured so much equity, maybe it does not make as much sense for you to hold this property for five years. The reason being is all that equity that you captured would be essentially diluted over five years. Trust me, there are people that study finance that tell you that money is is parked in there. So now you need to, to access that money. Otherwise, that money doesn't do anything for you. Well, that creates a new problem for you. Maybe you refinance. Maybe you sell. Maybe you sell before year five. The opportunities are endless. All we need you to do is go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. 
Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit lifestylesunlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.